What's up, guys? This is Jeff Cobb from New Japan Pro Wrestling, but more importantly, from the United Empire. And you're listening to Wrestle In. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3, back once again with the New Japan Pro Wrestling flagship podcast here on Wrestle In. You know it, it's the Ace Techers, and we're all back together again. Returning home to us is the is the core three, the core trio, the trio champion, never open weight, six-man tag team titles. We coming for you, Okada. Sanal, welcome back. How you doing, Sanal? I mean, I'm great. Um, this episode is a very fitting episode for me to return to. And I assume everyone who listens and who has listened to our podcast and knows the news will understand and will probably predict what I'm going to say. Yes, we, 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 we're we going to hear a very angry Sanal on this show. If you if you follow her on social media, if you follow her YouTube channel, which you should, Sanal's Life at YouTube.com, YouTube.com slash Sanal's Life. Go follow, go subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, you would know she's not happy right now. Not happy. Someone else who's not happy with New Japan-based stuff, especially apps, it is our boy, NK. Yo, yeah, man. Um, dude, listen, I don't know how much time I'm going to have to get into this, but the New Japan app, man, disappointment, man. Disappointment. Like, like, like what's going on? I was promised something. This is, it, it feels like it. I know Gato has nothing to do with that, but I'm blaming Gato because every time I'm disappointed in New Japan, I blame Gato. And uh, okay, you know been... who I blamed? I blamed Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> of, of, when we weren't recording, I said to SP3, well, it's, it's Tony Khan's fault that New Japan world is now shit. <laughs> the app, man. I mean, uh, what happened to downloaded matches, man? Like what? What happened to the promises, man? I felt I felt this disappointed since two weeks ago when I saw David Finley was in was wrestling John Moxie and Will Ospreay. So you know it's fitting right now. It's fitting. It's, like, it's been all downhill. Yeah, it's fitting, man. He said it's been all downhill since then. Yes, if we're gonna start off the show that way, then yes, I am also displeased with the New Japan World app. I have a Fire Stick. And New Japan World used to be one of the more convenient apps where I could turn it on, I can wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning, catch a live show, and get English commentary because there was a section for a Japanese commentary and English commentary. You just had a tab. You just clicked on it. Very simple. Very complete. It says English on it, too. So you could pick that one that says English, and it has English commentary. Now I go on New Japan World, and I can't even find English commentary. The picture literally says English commentary, and it's Japanese. And I'm like, I love Japanese commentary. I like Milano. I like the energy. I like the excitement. I can enjoy it from time to time. I just want the option to listen to commentary that I can at least understand. Mm-hmm. That's all I want, New Japan. And I know Stop someone's going to... New Japan. Someone's going to tell me, oh, there's a little tab if you're on fire sick that you can go. No, it shouldn't be that difficult. Yeah, I'm literally, I'm literally right now. If you go onto it, there's a little settings, swear, little settings logo. And you click on the little settings logo, there's speed and audio. And you click audio and it changes the audio. <laughs> the, small, the smallest little gear button you'll probably ever see. 
Oh my Listen, God. Gay knows out here saying we need a rebel. No, we need an update. We need an update. We need, we need an a proper update. computer software person who can create a good we app. We need an update because... Uh, listen, uh, we'll, honestly, we don't need an update. It's like, it's like, can you go back to the old way? Like, honestly, yeah. I would have, I, I preferred the app how it was. You I messed up something that, app wasn't, on my that, phone. that wasn't broken. You messed up something that wasn't broken. I've still got the old app on my phone in the hope that they'll bring it back. Yeah. It's like it's hard enough, yeah, as us as New Japan fans trying to get our friends into the product because you keep content striking anybody who makes any sort of content on your product. Like, it's hard enough for us. So, when I'm like, okay, cool, there's an app. People like apps. Just download this app. But now, us as even the hardcores, the people who leave, live, breathe, and sweat this stuff can't even use the app. New Japan. Guys, you want something easy? This is a New Japan podcast, but Wrestle Universe, they've got a very good app. If you want something easy to use, I'm currently not on it because I don't have time to watch anything. But if you want an easy interface, Wrestle Universe. That is a a better interface than what New Japan World has become. And I I enjoy New Japan. And like NK said, you you got me started because you talk about copyright strike. Because I I didn't talk about New Japan for like a year because y'all were copywriting striking everybody. So, so... So the fact that I'm on two different, uh, I'm on two different platforms, True Hill Heat YouTube channel in here, talk about New Japan, that's progression. But New Japan, just make things easier for us foreign fans. Our yeah. foreign you know what fans I get? Not from Japan. I get so many people when they watch my videos like, oh, can you not put like clips in? Can you not put pictures <laughs> in? I'm like, hey, I am not risking my YouTube channel mm-hmm. to put a graphic of that bloody match. No, you mm-hmm. can use your imagination. All you get is the picture. I, I used I used the pictures from New Japan's website. I remember times when New Japan would get upset about that. If I made yeah. this, if I made just the picture with just like a review title on it, they would probably copyright strike me still to this day. But See, to be fair, yeah. they're a bit better on that because I know I use the New Japan thing. But yes, yeah, someone's like put clips in from the match. I'm like. Yeah, I'm not risking that. Listen, I did a whole like Tadahashi like, appreciation panel with Kieran. That video got taken. New, new, new Japan took that video down fast. I, I he took that down faster than Hiromu Takahashi took took um took down for Kushida in Sakura <laughs> Genesis. They took that stuff down. They don't play when it comes to the videos. But it's not even video; it's audio. I did one of my yeah. first videos was um top five New Japan theme tunes, and they copy strike that. And I was yeah. like. Like I only put like 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 five seconds of each one, and they were like, "Nope, copyright." I was like, "Oh, this yeah, is why we're in the audio room because we're safe here." We're oh, safe I, here. yes, that's very true. That's very true. Literally, literally, I didn't do anything on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel for a whole year because they copyright striked me for a live stream that wasn't live. It was literally <laughs> scheduled. It literally uh, was scheduled. Sahi, they man, did it. TV they did it because of the thumbnail. They they copyright strike me. I was like. Okay, we're done. We're not doing this for a while. TVSI needs a rebel. TVSI! Come on, (laughs) be better to to us. Everyone's worst enemy more than Gato. 
Teen yeah, Year's for sure. We're trying to make new New Japan fans. That's what we're here for. We're getting into Wrestle Kingdom season, so let's talk about some yes. uh, some New Japan based topics. The reason that I form it in that in that sense is because we got to start off something with uh, something else that got that got Sanal's angry this week. Me and uh, NK are angry about the New Japan World uh, app, but Sanal is angry because New Japan Pro Wrestling may have just lost its second or number one biggest star as will osprey was announced as the blockbuster signing of all elite wrestling at aew full gear the reports have come out from fightful select and other sources other platforms uh saying that will osprey has signed a three-year deal his deal with new japan pro wrestling doesn't expire until february 1st but he informed New Japan Pro Wrestling that he would not, re- he was not going to resign, that he was moving on to another company. And New Japan basically ske- skewed him in the way of the of the promotion that he could still work with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So that is why he is with AEW and he still plans on working dates with NJPW. But I know, Sanal, you are none too happy. Right. First of all, so on that show, I didn't watch any of it. I didn't watch any of it. Well, what are they doing with Jay White? My guy hasn't lost a match in an entire I was, year. And I was going to bring that up too. He lost to MJF, who was with one leg. He put all the shenanigans in. It took him half an hour for this match to happen, and he still lost. And everyone's yeah. like, everyone on social media is like, but Sonali, he's just come. Like, you can't have him then don't build him up as this massive star and have him move to MJF, who is injured in, like, obviously in the story. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to call out New Japan fans. If this is how New Japan fans feel, I'm sorry. I've seen Tanahashi do this a thousand and one times. Yes, Tanahashi does it in a more compelling and captivating way. Exactly. But I've seen him win matches on one leg a thousand and one times. And his finisher is the high five foe. So he literally injures the knee on the finisher, and he still wins. I've seen but that. I've been, been watching. I've been watching. I've been watching New Japan Pro Wrestling for a decade. I've seen Tanahashi do that. I've seen Okada get his neck broken in matches and still win. Uh, still I'm in the middle of both of you, where I thought the JYMJF match was absolute nonsense. I thought it was absolute. The match itself was absolute nonsense, in my opinion. So it was overbooked, but. Let's remember how Jay White left New Japan. He lost to goddamn Hikaleo. I, I, I seem I, I I probably forget about that more often than not. Yeah, too. <laughs> like I feel like that's like out of my system now, mainly because I've still got Hikaleo beating Kiyomiya in the G1 on my head. Oh Isn't man, it? yeah, yeah, that's more. That's that, I don't know what's more offensive is that or or the or the Jay White, but yeah, uh, that that that's also a good point. But I feel like bell to bell, the match was great. I just feel like everything around it was overbooked. I think everything around it was overbooked. It didn't need the ambulance. Didn't need him turning into Stone Cold Max Freeman. But I don't think it buried Jay White. I think Jay White was still protected that he had to cheat to win. I think that Jay White's going to be fine because I've seen a thousand and one times people say Jay White is buried or count him out. They counted him out when he lost to Tadahashi when he returned from excursion and he lost to him. Everybody was like, oh, I thought he was going to win. And he lost at the Tokyo Dome. Oh, let's write him off. 
Next day, he has the angle with Kenny Omega and goes on to beat him for the U.S. championship. When he uses the U.S. championship to juice Robinson, they were like, oh, what are they going to do with him now? He immediately gets into the angle where he he takes out Okada and joins the Bullet Club and becomes the leader of the Bullet Club. When he loses the IWGP World Championship in Madison Square Garden, it was like, oh, he only had a two-month run. He comes back and he's still the top one of the top stars in New Japan Pro it's Wrestling. Because, it's because SP3, he single-handedly sold out Madison Square Garden. That's also true. And then when he comes to AEW and he's dicking around for two months with Ricky Starks and Juice Robinson, they counted him out again. And then he's in the main event of Full Gear. So I am not going to be one to say Jay White is buried. This hurt Jay White too much. Nah. He's a heel. He's a heel that was too cocky, tried to play with his food, tried to play around with, with MJF, and then he lost because he's a dick. It happens. I'm going to say Jay White is buried in a sandcastle. He's he's buried, but, you know, it's a sandcastle. Like, you could, you, you could, could come back it. up at some point. Yeah, yeah you, you could come back. It's easy. It's a sandcastle. Like, it's easy, but... Yeah, that didn't do good for his Jay White stuff for for Jay White stocks. I'm someone who I respect Jay White. I think he's an amazing wrestler. He's not one of my favorites, but even me, I was like, Ugh. and I, and as I was watching, as as I went on, as I went on Twitter the next day, I was just going through Sadal's feed, and I was like, oh, I'm just waiting for the next tweet. And Sadal came in with not one. Not two, but just tweet after tweet. I said, oh But bear in mind, I didn't even watch this show, and I've still not watched this show. It's just you reacting to the results and to the online discourse. <laughs> you know, literally, that's all I... I did a video, um, mainly about Osprey, but with Jay as well. I didn't even watch any of the show. And that got over, like, a thousand views. One of my best videos. I didn't even watch the show. Well done. Well done, Sanal. <laughs> Zero work, maximum, maximum results. I, I mean, I was trying to set you up to express your anger for Tony Khan for Will Ospreay signing with AEW. And we got into a whole tangent about you're upset with Tony Khan for his treatment of Jay White. So explain, you're, you're upset with Tony Khan because of Jay White and Will Ospreay. Okay, so, so we went off topic because I just had to bring yes, that Jay White thing up. Because technically, New Japan. And... Um, my so we always said AW is the is the lesser of two evils when it came to Osprey if he was gonna leave New Japan. And it was a lesser of two evils, especially for him and his like personal life and stuff. And he's already said he made a massive thing of like, oh, my kid gets to stay at school in the UK. So I think they're giving him that flexibility while giving him the money. Along with the gripe of like, why is Tony Khan taking Osprey? Why would they do it before Wrestle Kingdom and basically be like, like, people have said, oh, it's because obviously that's why they're allowing the, like Brian Danielson or something. You are basically killing off the match between him, Moxie and Finley because you're like, well, Osprey's not going to win, is he? And then you've got like, but are the Japanese fans still going to cheer for him knowing that they're leaving him, but they're not going to cheer for Finley. But and it, it's, there was just a lot to take in. That, that morning I woke up and at first, the main thing I was like, right, let me go on Twitter and check if Jay won. And then Osprey, I was like, right, well, thanks, Tony Khan. Okay. So so while I don't agree with either of y'all about the, the Jay White booking for full gear, I think he's going to be fine. I thought it was a great matchup. 
I'm I'm in that minority here. With the Will Ospreay, I think this was the best case scenario for New Japan fans. This is the only place where he's going to be able to make the money that he wants to make and still be able to work NJPW shows, at least the major shows. But, yeah, but, like, how, but, but no, 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 no. I mean, I mean. Let me let me finish. Let me finish. When you when you look at the landscape of AEW, and you remember that this whole thing started in 2019, and you know the idea of AEW wasn't even thought of really in the early part of 2018 when New Japan was hotter than ever. You some people argue 2018 is New Japan Pro Wrestling best year ever with the G1 Climax 28, with the rise Ooh. of Kenny Omega, with the ending of the Kenny Omega Kashiko Okada rivalry, Okada's the end of his legendary title run, with everything going on in the junior heavyweights, with the likes of Will Ospreay, Hiromu Takahashi at that time before we knew stuff, Marty Squall, uh, Kushida, uh, all those guys and stuff. AEW wasn't thought of as a thing. But then when you look at the AEW roster of today and you remember all the guys that Tony Khan has seemingly signed that were in in NJPW, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like he really kind of stole a piece of their identity as, as far as like the foreign gaijin talent from top to bottom, whether it's Kenny Omega. Whether it's Will Ospreay, whether it's Switchblade Jay White, whether it's Trent Beretta, whether it's Juice Robinson, Aussie Open. Like, yeah, that's a that's a lot of guys. Chris Jericho was a part-time star for New Japan Pro Wrestling before AEW was a thing. Guys that were working in Ring of Honor were still working in New Japan Pro Wrestling, like a Hangman Adam Page, like a Christopher Daniels, like the best friends, like Chuck Taylor. So, like, yeah, it's kind of like... Bruce's all elite. So, yeah, yeah, he's now officially all elite. When you look at all of that and you look at the landscape, there's been an argument that I've seen online. uh, Shout out to Ranting Review is that he did a nice little video explaining kind of his point on it. And he's saying that this is the most polite talent raid in wrestling history. That Tony Khan is merely a partner with New Japan to pick and choose what talent he's going to take. And he's not that different from a Vince McMahon. He's going to the he's going to the sweet shop, and he's taking what he, he's he's stealing what he wants. But he's got he's saying like it's fine. Like in a few weeks, if you need me, I I owe you something. But then he never really like lives up to that. He's a nice robber, like if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like. When Osprey said like he was gonna like leave New Japan, like I thought most likely he was gonna go AEW, but I was like. How are New Japan letting this happen? But I think when we go to, I think, but we have to remember this is kind of the history of Gaijins. Gaijins don't stick around. This ain't the, the, the this ain't the nineties where you have lifers like Stan Hansen in New Japan that just stay there forever. Like guy, we could talk about Devin. I mean, just look. I'm just gonna name Bullet Club because that's easy. <laughs> Devitt. The guy, the guy doing betrayers. The guy in the go. Like the only heck, the only guys that are still there, like more credit to them is Tama Tonga, um, Bad Lot Farle. Heck, you know, even um Carl Anderson and Chase Owens. Owens. Yeah, even Chase, Chase Owens, Owens has stayed. Uh, I mean uh, I, I I don't think that's my choice. I think that's just by necessity. But um, yeah, 
Um, <laughs> but God the damn. Point, but oh, the, point, okay. the point still remains that Gaijins are known to like, and I get it, it's because most most Gaijins obviously have family in the West. It'd be easier to relocate their families, or in Will Ospreay's case, keep their families in their respective countries or English-speaking countries, uh, for whatever respective reason. So in that regard. Them going to AEW makes sense. It just when do we see it? Do you know what? I want to I propose a trade. Give New Japan to Kesta. Yes, yes. I propose yes. a trade. Give New Japan because I'm listen, this is not an AW podcast, but I'm very upset about what's been happening with Takeshita. And do you know what? I want to see Takeshita in the G1. I want to see Takeshita. Uh, uh, against Shota Umino and that new generation of talent. I think with the Gaijins going to AEW makes sense. I think, obviously, AEW don't have a lot of Japanese talent in general, but I feel like there does need to be like an equilibrium where somebody does go there. Or somebody, not necessarily signs there, but does an amazing stint over there. We have a wrestler that does both the New Japan Cup and the G1. Because so far, we only have Eddie Kingston. Heck, the yeah. fact that we haven't gotten a Darby Allen who wrote Mutakahashi match is that me and Sanoa have, have asked for for two years. Every two years now. Every Fabindor is Hiromu and Darby Allen. Nope. 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 They, 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 don't treat, they don't treat Hiromu like he's the top star, which he should be. Heck. You Tony Khan is letting Darby out of Cloud Mount Everest, but you can't put him in, in the in, in best of the super juniors. Now I, I would say I would say like you could send like some of the younger talent that need the reps over for like a tournament or a tour, like a hook. Hook is someone that I'm begging AEW to send on an excursion because he just needs reps. He's really good. He was more over a year ago than he is right now. Yeah. But that's because he's just been on TV doing nothing for a year outside of the Jack Perry feud. And that's not saying Heck, said Wardlow. You had Joe in, in last year's G1. Said Wardlow, you know, a hey, big men in Japan, you know. They it, love him. They love him. They they love Lance him. Archer, innit? They love yeah. him. Nah, he's going to send Lance Archer again. That's what he's got to do. Uh, you ask bro. for a big man, he's going to send Lance Archer again. I feel like it's like, it's like the vets are getting the opportunity to go yeah. to Japan and not the younger guys where I feel like someone like a Lee Moriarty. I, I'm thinking of guys that they're not doing stuff with. Because you mentioned Warlow, and I'm like, oh, they already have something they're doing with him at the point. Like, if you name, there's a bunch of guys in AEW that they're not doing stuff with that they could just send for a tour. Buddy Matthews. Buddy Matthews, yeah, he's he, yeah. Everybody else in the House of Black got something to do except for his ass. So, yeah, so give him something to do. Send him over for a bit. Uh, the younger guys are the ones I would look at, like a Daniel Garcia. Send him over mm -hmm. for a tour. He would do so well in like a Best of Super Juniors or a New Japan Cup. So, do you know what team? Obviously, this team is obviously stricken with injuries a lot. But I would say said I don't know why did it said Private Party over. Present private party over or send top flight over. Imagine um or top flight in the world tag league or something. Well, to be fair, to be fair, um, there's a reason why he hasn't sent top flight over because um they can't go more than like three months not being injured. So fair. 
So yeah. yeah, like 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 that. That's one where I'll be like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't knock that against AEW. Yeah, <laughs> but like you said, I feel like even like just that what I wanted from the AW and New Japan relationship. Of course, Forbidden Door is a great show, mm-hmm. hasn't missed in two years. But what I wanted more was the opportunity for guys to go there, and it's been few and far between. Moxley doesn't count for me because Moxley was there before AEW was formed. Um, like the best, like like the best I've gotten is obviously Kingston in um the um G one, and then but seeing that Blackpool Combat Club versus um Okada Ishii Tadahashi, um that match that match was great, and I want to see more of that. We don't have to have these massive but, singles matches, mm-hmm. but I, f- I want to see a bit I- more though. I feel if you're asking for like more of the top stars coming over, then you're asking for too much because what we what we got this year, just because we can now further kind of look at the year overall since we're recording this at the end of November. Yeah. Uh, you you can look at the year overall. Every single time AEW has kind of came over in some type of presence to New Japan, it has stood out at the very least. Like Kenny yeah. Omega faces uh, Will Ospreay or the Blackpool Combat Club versus Okada Ishii and uh Tadahashi that moment with Brian Danielson challenging him for Forbidden Door the moment of Brian challenging Okada for Wrestle Kingdom that stands out as another big moment so every time they pick and choose these moments it does stand out and you know they they send over other guys like a Eddie Kingston he had a, a great little moment winning the never uh the uh strong open weight championship against Kenta at Independence Day you had Lance Archer versus Will Ospreay at Dominion you had him against uh at resurgence he was also at uh collision as well so yeah they they use the talents but at least they're doing it in ways that at least i can i just name drop pretty much all the the times that aew talent have been on new japan shows and they've at least stood out in my mind that much yeah that's fair that is fair i i guess for me like you said somebody younger talent that aren't being utilized on television do deserve like a run of matches like in in japan and they don't have to win nothing like let's reroll we uh lee moriarty don't have to enter best of the super juniors and win anything <laughs> he just has to go there have a few good have a good show and obviously just like round out um his game as a wrestler i think excursions work for a lot of wrestlers and there's something to be said that hey some of these Western wrestlers go to Japan. Heck, the company was founded off of the back backs of guys that got over in Japan. So it's clear to see that, that the Japanese style translates to an American audience. And most um, most of original AEW fans anyway are people who love New Japan. So sending your talent there to like learn the tricks of the trade is very important. And I feel like that needs to happen more often. But I feel like touching on what NK said about like, it's quite normal for like the foreigners to leave. I think that's why at the moment we're seeing such a push of the Japanese talent in New Japan, which I think mm. is good. You know, like the three musketeers. Um, obviously, we've got Lube and Oleg, but like Oleg is perfectly fit into Japanese life. Like the guy is fluent in Japanese. Yeah. And I think they're really focusing on that and focusing on the Japanese talent they've got, especially like the junior division or the ones at least that they know will stay there so for example like all the australian and new zealand guys it's easier for them to go to japan than america they're focusing on those there because they know in the long run they're the ones that are going to stay yeah yeah because that was the next question i was going to ask you guys is what this means for the future of the new japan gaijins and does new japan like 
take more of a, a, a lenience as far as like putting top titles on their foreign talent. I, I think that, you know, as far as my argument to it, someone like a Zack Sabre Jr. has proven himself time and time again. He was the only one of the Gaijins that didn't go back to the U.S. or the U.K. during the pandemic. He stayed over, stayed throughout these past three years. He has proven himself, and he's always kind of been passed over for the Jay Whites, for the Kenny Omegas, for the Will Ospreys. Now that Osprey is officially saying that he's moved on, you know, you want to push your David Finley, and that's great. You need you need kind of gaijins that are going to fill that spot that have proven themselves. And David Finley is a guy that kind of started from the bottom and has made his way to the top. So it's a great story for the hard work that he's put in. But Zach Saber Jr. coming in here in 2017, he has he quickly made himself into an upper card guy. And throughout the last year, even though he's holding what would be a mid-card title, he's made himself the the odds-on favorite in my eyes as the guy that should usurp Will Ospreay as the type gaijin. I was making the argument he should have beat Ospreay at Royal Quest. We wouldn't be going through all this, all this right, right now. Like you, you would have right. Finley in the, we would have Finley in the triple threat. If you if you knew he was if you at this time at the time October fourteenth, you already knew. Well, I'd already told them that New Japan he was he was not going to resign. So. I know you could, you we wouldn't have gotten the Osprey shooter matchup, and I, I, I don't blame you if you're like, no, I don't want to lose that. I understand that's one of the best matches of the year, but yeah. Zach Saber Jr. should have been the guy. Yeah, I, I hear everybody making the argument it should have been shooter. I think it should have been Zach. That no, would have been a big statement of he's the new top gaijin. But it's not even that. It is. It would have completed the story between the two of them. In New Japan, they've been wrestling for years and years and years. And if they knew that this was probably going to be the last chance that Zach and Osprey are going to fight in a New Japan ring, because you know what, it'd be nice if Zach went over there and because he's done it and stuff. But it would have been a nice way to sort of round that off. Like they already showed a sign of respect. It would have been nice to just sort of have yeah. that notch on Zach. So when Osprey goes, he can strut around and be like, I beat the top guy, the top foreigner. Now I'm the top foreigner. Do you know what I mean? Give Zach a push with the title he's got. And it would have been two titles. So Zach yeah. is two belts. I think Zach is next, by the way. Easy. I think he's jumping over at some point. Not anytime soon, but I think Tony Khan is going to throw that money in the table that New Japan can't offer. I don't I don't I don't I think Zach is different, honestly. I, I think I, it would take I, I think it would take a hefty, hefty bag that I think that if you're Tony Khan, going back to kind of the other side of this, if you're Tony Khan, you should be throwing that hefty, hefty bag at Mercedes Monet based on the last move that WWE made. That's the only move you you should be making with any yeah. additional free agency money you have. I don't, is I don't, Mercedes yeah. I don't see Zach anytime necessarily soon. But I think, but I think it will happen. But I don't want it to happen because I, I, I'm somebody who believes Zack Saber Junior. I, I think we all do is a supreme talent, and I think he needs to be rewarded with something. I think the world, I think the world title, and I'm so sorry. The sky's the limit now. We have sorry, Sadar, Sadar as champion. Which, you know, to be fair, I think I think we've all come to this conclusion that as much as we love Sonata, this title reign has not gone the way it should have. We no. can all agree with that. Yeah, and but I also think obviously um we'll get to that wrestling predictions later on, but um 
now that Okada's kind of away from the title scene, it's given the title picture a little bit more unpredictability. I think, you know, during New Japan's heyday, it was like Tadahashi, Omega, Okada, and then Jay White would have a run here, there. But it was like, you ain't, you, once these three guys are in the mix, there's no way anybody else is even sniffing that title for longer than a couple months. But now, obviously, Okada's been there, done that. Naito's getting up there in age. It's it's the door for the title picture is a lot more open, and I could see, I could actually feasibly see Zack Sabre Jr. being champion. Do I see him main event in the Wrestle Kingdom? No, but I could easily see him winning a championship, um, and having a run maybe mid summer. But the thing is, Enke, you're talking about like age and stuff. That's why I think that Zack won't be going anywhere because mm. the age thing, Zack is much older. Yeah, and yeah. yes, it's much more experienced, but will. If you ask me who the next guy in this jumps to AEW that get that Tony gets, it's Gabe Kid. Yeah, it's not it's not Zach. It's Gabe. Uh, Zach is already established, and I think a lot of the thing with AEW is the money. And I feel like Zach has almost cemented over the years that his priority is wrestling. Fair. And that, you know, what I mean, through the pandemic, he stayed there, and I feel like it's amazing. And we said Zach is one of the best. Is Tony Khan gonna like SP3 said take the money? that he could use for Mercedes Monet or the younger stars who he's going to have for longer compared to Zach, who we say Zach's amazing, but will his con- will his style translate to American fans as much? And I don't think he thinks that his style can translate. Well, I'm honest. So when I first started watching wrestling, so I started watching it and I was like 2017 or something. And then I started with like the Cruiserweight Classic in WWE. And obviously Zach was there, but for me, Zach wasn't the person I was watching because I was yeah. high flying and stuff. And it was only when I properly started getting into New Japan, watching it, that I found a love for the mat based. Will, will Tony Khan put a lot of money in risking someone who, yeah, he's phenomenal, but will he suit the casual crowds of AW sometimes? I will say my response to that is I agree. I, even. The Cruiserweight Classic was my first exposure to Zack Sabre Jr. And I will admit, I found him boring as hell in the Cruiserweight Classic. I found him boring. I was like, what is this? But I think as well, finding opponents that complement him well is a big thing to Zack Sabre Jr.'s style. And one thing I will say about Zack as well, on his appearances in AEW, like I like um, I do the podcast with a lot of the wrestling guys and they then aren't as, a lot of them aren't as into New Japan as me. So when they saw Zack Sabre Jr. appear on the crew, um, not on the um, Forbidden Door, and then have the match with Danielson, a lot of them were like, "Whoa!" And then Zack, one thing that Zack has for him is charisma. Zack yeah. is extremely charismatic, and I'll compare him to someone like, for example, Jonathan Gresham. Jonathan Gresham is also a very technical wrestler, but Zack's got that aura and personality that I think could translate. Mm-hmm. But I do ultimately still want him to stay at New Japan. And I do agree, Gabe Kidd is probably the next... I, I think he's I think he's the next person that will be a top guy in the company. Um, I think it'll be generally a lot that. of the war dogs. Not, yeah. Maybe not Alex Coughlin, but like Clark Connors, maybe even Dan Maloney if you keep I think doing. Clark Connors will be like the top guy of the juniors. I think I can see I can see Driller Maloney making the move up to the heavyweight, but I think that they'll keep Connors in the uh in the junior division. But yeah, yeah Dan I, Maloney is like another Shingo Takagi and um Alex Zane. 
Absolutely. He Someone absolutely weigh is. that man because he is not a junior heavyweight. To be he's fair. However, however, however yeah, he has. He has, he has a lot. But still, I'm still like... Yeah. How I would rank the Gaijins in New Japan right now with Osprey out the pitcher. It's obviously David say. Finley first, isn't it? Oh. is like, Finley at the top. Okay. Um. So I'm going to mix my <laughs> ranking with how I feel with how they're booked. So this is how I rank it all together. Like, not just how I feel about them. Because, yes... David Finley would be lower. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. is number one to me because I'm very high on him. Based on the booking, unfortunately, David Finley would be number two because that's who they're booking. That's not as. quite high. That's yeah, that's, high. that's that's who they're booking as the as the top as the future top guy. Jin. Uh, then I say it's Gabe Kidd. Then uh, Jeff Cobb. Oh yeah, I forgot about he's Jeff. Still, Cobb. He's still he's still there. Yeah, we need yeah. justice for Jeff Cobb. Yeah, it's 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 sad, but that's based how um basing it how they're booked as well here. Uh, Jeff Cobb, um, Clark Connors, Drella Maloney, Alice Coglin, uh, Tama Tonga. He's still considered a gaijin. He probably would be above a lot of the war dogs based on how he's booked. So uh, yeah, also Tama his Tonga. loyalty to New Japan will probably get him a lot yeah. of places as yeah. well. But I also, I also, I would put ELP right behind him. I like ELP a lot higher than a lot of these other guys, but I'm just basing it on how they're booked as well. ELP, then Hikaleo and Tamatanga. Uh, you've Tamaloa. not mentioned like um, the TMDK guys and like Hanari. Yeah, you're right. But they don't book them well. So they are underneath G.O.D. Wait, yeah, G.O.D. 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 is higher up than TMDK without that. But we're talking about this now because we'll talk about World Tag League. TMDK and World Tag League. They're uh, definitely, I, I, see definitely their, I see their record and I'm just like, oh, you're the red herring. You're not going to even make it to the to the finals. Don't break my heart there, SP3. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. That's how they look to me. I'm like, I'm like, you're just a red herring. You're in the lead right now. You're Taji Ishimori in the middle of Best of Super Juniors. <laughs> Poor Ishimori, man. You know he's always in the lead in the Best of Super Juniors, like halfway through, and then he never makes the finals. So, you know, we've been on this Gaijin conversation um for a while, but I want to make, I want to ask this question. Um, I think so. Now I brought it up earlier, but do you, when New Japan first like started introducing Producing guidance, it was off of obviously to like attract more of the Western fans, and that paid dividends with the Bullet Club over the years. Whether Devitt, AJ Styles, and obviously like at its peak as of the elite, do you feel like that model in terms of using guidance to attract Western fans to New Japan? I want to say it's outdated, but isn't necessary anymore because I think New Japan, because of like how popular they were during like the late 2010s, mid to late 2010s, they've kind of like everyone who's a wrestling fan today at least knows of New Japan, where in 2012, when, like, the resurgence was starting to happen, that wasn't the case. It wasn't being brought up in normal conversations. For example, I have friends who watch WWE primarily, and they they will name-drop on Okada. They've probably never seen his matches, but they will name-drop him. Um, so do you think the model of, like, using the guidance to bring in Western fans is kind of outdated? And if so, how are they going to attract new fans to the product? Uh, I don't think it's outdated because to say it outdated means that 
it either doesn't work now or it didn't work back then. And I think it does work because you see that so much of people that are just WWE fans. But if they say, if we get a report, WWE interested in Okada. Oh, I've always been a fan of Okada. I've seen all his matches. Like, like they, they, that's the reason that that they're awesome. able to do that. The reason they're able to do that is because of honestly, the popularity of bullet of, uh, of bullet club and the elite led to the popularity of some of the top stars of New Japan because that's the ones that, especially in the U.S., and I know that for sure in the U.S., like it was Bullet Club. Whenever you ask somebody who's a U.S. fan of New Japan, it felt like New Japan, like Bullet Club was their entry drug, whether it yeah. was Bullet Club with Devitt, if you were in 2013, 2014, if it was 2015 through 2016, it was AJ Styles. And then it was the it was big time an influx when it became Kenny Omega in the elite. That was kind of the entry drug. And then you discovered, oh, Okada is one of the best wrestlers ever. Oh, Tanahashi is already this legend and he still delivers these awesome matches. Oh, my God. Koto Ibushi is insane. Oh, my God. What just happened with the best of Super Juniors? What did Ricochet and Will Ospreay do? Like, yeah. it's just like all these different points where it was different things that, like, caught the eye. And I felt like Bullet Club and their popularity was first. Then if you discovered that, you discovered, oh, Okada and Tanahashi are having this iconic rivalry. Oh, they also got this cool guy named Shinsuke Nakamura. And then you can kind of trickle down from there of what was the other thing that caught the Westerners' eyes. But I feel like Bullet Club and their popularity, that led to it. So they just have to find the next hot act. And I feel like now, now for New Japan, if you look at like 2023, it was Will Ospreay. Well, Osprey was the one yeah. that was like, yeah. hey, let's like get the West, the Western fans was like, hey, let's see what's going on in New Japan. Oh, well, Osprey had a match with Zack Sabre Jr. Let me watch that. Oh, he versed that Shoto Amino guy who got hit with the fireball by Jericho. Oh, how's he doing a year and a half later? Oh, my God. He's amazing. Like he gives Naito a six star matchup with Naito's un concussed. So, like, it's just these crazy things where you could tell the Western fans, and they don't have to watch New Japan uh, that often, but you tell them this is what happened with the Will Ospreay match. That got their eyes. So I th still think it's a model that works overall. So I don't think it's very much outdated. They just have to adjust it more and also put their people that they're trying to put over, the new, the new people, in a better position to catch those eyes as well. Like, I feel like the Osprey matchup with Shooter is a good example of that. Shoto and me, uh, Yoda Suji's introduction is another one where I could tell, like, the Western fans, like, oh, they got this new guy. And they're like, whoa, he looks, he, he just catches your eye. He just has that it factor. So they have the pieces in place and we'll better see that if they, we'll better see if this, if this model works more when they don't have a Will Osprey and they have to rely on some of these other guys. And, Maybe you're going to be proven right that now it's outdated. I think I agree with that piece with that. It's like, I don't think it's going to be completely gone, but I think we've seen New Japan now focus on the, I said this on the new talent, and I think they're still going to keep bringing in these stars, but whether they're now going to invest as much time and money into them. So, for example, they'll keep having guys like Moxie, where they'll bring him odd in. And like SP3 said, people go, oh, let me watch that match. Oh, let me see his opponent later. But in terms of like what they maybe did with, as we've seen with Jay and Osprey more recently, 
are they going to spend that time long term building them up and making do you know what i mean like i think with jay they thought it was going to last because jay's a dojo boy and most likely with dojo boys we've seen like he's not there all the time but fale fale has been with new japan for over a decade for so long and they probably assumed ah if we send jay through the thing he's someone we can invest time in seeing jay go and now osprey while it won't change them out, they're going to be more reluctant to bootstrap these people and make them the face of the company, especially knowing, because in the past it was like they could go, but there's not, like, a lot of them won't go with WWE, but now there's AEW, a legitimate force that is a good place for people to go. They are probably going to be very reluctant to now continue with this whole get the gaijins and push them to the top and make them the centre of the company. Yeah. But but you also in in line with that and that thinking that they're gonna lay off the push of the Kaijins is the the whole report from WWE now wanting to change how they are they treat their foreign talent and trying to pursue and interested in the likes in the likes of Okada and stuff like that and pushing Shitsuke Nakamura more to kind of draw in those foreign talents and then you see on the woman's side with the julia being drawn in by by uh by wwe so the wwe landscape is completely different now where they're not just looking at just the gaijin stars to come over to wwe now they're looking at more of the foreign stars so who's to say that a year from now they're not going to be starting to look at the rewa three musketeers so it's just like this changes a lot i think that it really is a is kind of going to build a spotlight on New Japan treating us like a damn business and paying people more. I think that, that's yeah. what this really comes think, down think, to. Yeah. I think that's what it really comes down to because I think someone, like you said, Jay White, they thought, oh, he's a dojo boy. He'll stay forever. If they paid him, he would have. But I feel like they need to change and increase whatever Bushi Road, whatever TV Asai invest more money because the landscape of this business has changed and the two bigger promotions are paying buttloads of money for all the top stars. It doesn't matter if they're gaijin or not. I think that's the thing. Money, isn't it? Because especially through the pandemic, we've seen that compared to the WWE and AEW, New Japan was at a massive loss. Japan obviously had restrictions for longer. They were paying all the New Japan stars the proper wages while they were being, I guess, here in the UK, furloughed, while they were being paid not to work. And that took a massive hit. And if you think about it, all of these stars leaving for more money, it's come at a time where... They are like, I think there's been reports that they are literally just slowly getting back to the money that they had. And if a new Japan, I know it's a business, but I don't know if they can't afford it. Yeah. Is it a rip? Because I think there's been a whole thing of like a gaijin, like a foreigner's as important to the profit, especially when a lot visit in Japan. Is that are they willing to put in so much money when they're already in losses? just to keep it's like it's a hard thing because yeah, they could easily throw money, but with the pandemic and how strict Japan was. It will definitely not be as easy to throw money as like Tony Khan is doing and how like yeah. WWE can do, which is sad, I, but it's inevitable in like a place like that. And I feel like that's where the relationship between New Japan and AEW is probably benefiting New Japan a lot because the shows at Forbidden Door when these talent are going out into the West, it is like it is helping them to a degree. Um the just touching the Okada to WWE thing, absolutely not. No, we don't need this, we don't want it. And even though, like, 
WWE is like the like the the market leader in terms of wrestling. A lot of at least from what I know, a lot of the Japanese wrestlers' attitudes towards WWE like have been like I won't say quite negative, but like we we, we all know the infamous Naito quote. A lot of the guys don't tend to jump over. So Shinsuke jumping over was a big thing. And if we if we and if we look at even Shinsuke as an example, mm, not great. When not in great. regards to like the women of stardom, however, the Japanese women have been treated quite quite well. Mm-hmm. Um so that might be a thing for like, for example, a booker like Rosie Ogawa to to look to, to look at and be like, but in terms of like New Japan, for the most part, I think we won't see many ma- like mass exoduses I of think like yeah, you that. it's like it's Kushida is a big thing. Kushida went yeah. and he came back. Like for a lot of New Japan stars, they will see that. And they'll go because obviously Shinsuke, everyone said he's staying there because you know he's got a life there, he's like surfing and doing stuff. They'll see someone, yeah, exactly. They'll see someone like Kushida who went there, didn't have the best time, and come back and go, That could easily be a possibility for me. I could go there, have all the potential in the world, get stuck in NXT for a few years, and then just come back. And it's like, Yeah, they need to balance out is that going to benefit because it's not benefit Kushida in any way. No, even even Kenta. Kenta's a Noah guy. Went yeah. to went to WWE and said, "Screw this! I'm going. I'm going to New Japan as a Noah guy." Like that's that's insane. Wait, well, where, yeah, where is he, Kenta? Has anyone has anyone realized where Kenta's been the last few months? Um, he was on Lone Star Shootout just a couple of weeks back. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. He works yeah, mostly in the U.S. I think he lives in the U.S., so it makes sense. He works. All the he's New still, Japan strong he's shows. He's still shooting on CM Punk on, on Twitter. That's what. Kenta yeah, did. he, he wants him to use a new finisher. He wants him yeah. to use a new finisher so he can uh, steal that. So I'm still bitter that we didn't get Kenta versus CM Punk while CM Punk was in AEW. Uh, I'm not because it wouldn't I have been as good as 2007. Now, yeah. I, I was like, I was like, this is a great match in 2007. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I think we talked enough about Will Ospreay signing with AEW and what this means for the AEW-New Japan relationship, what it means for New Japan Gaijins. I think that this will be a discussion that we can revisit as uh, Will Ospreay finishes up his time in New Japan Pro Wrestling after uh, Wrestle Kingdom and the New Beginning Tour. But speaking of tours, we're on the World Tag League Tour right now. The final tournament of the year for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Sanal, you are our update queen here on the Ace Techers. You keep us up to date on these tag leagues. You did it for the Super Junior Tag League. We're asking you to do it again for World Tag League because I'm only like one show deep. I don't know how many NKs at, but I'm only one show deep because of this damn New Japan World app. Yeah, I mean, it's actually been really good. So um, I know going into this, there was a... Not upset, but I think some people wanted more teams, different teams. But However, there are a lot. So we have guys from AEW, and yes, while Leona and Kaun are not the top stars and have been picking up a lot of losses, they've really been showcasing well. You've got guys from CMLL, so there's obviously Atlantis, um, uh, Atlantis Jr. and Jr. And then obviously with um, like I've got the thing on here, so I can work it out. With where is it? Yoda Suji as well. Yeah, Suji's got Zan Zandakon Jr. 
Zandakan. Zandakan Jr. And obviously, you've got the guys from New Japan, then you've got Lance Archer and Alex Zane. Amazing Monster team. Toss. There are so many different, and then obviously, there's as much as the loss of them picking up, you've got the murder granddad, Suzuki, and Nagaya, who that in itself is hilarious because Suzuki has been going on this whole run every time Nagata gets the pin that he needs to upgrade his OS. And Nagata just goes, I'm not a damn computer. Which is he said really he fun. said that your Windows 95. I saw yeah. that one on Kieran's uh Kieran's uh uh Twitter. But what I've liked is that there's been no like there's been it's been full of surprises. So we've seen Yoshihashi and Goto, they only just picked up their first win. Um, but while people will be like, why? You've got to remember that this is the first tour for Goto back after being injured for so long. It's true. Works into the storyline. Um, Hikaleo, so Hikaleo and ELP, strong champions, they got a win over Goto and Yoshihashi. But then they have been pinned by Suji. So... And then TMDK are on like a really hot streak and they've been doing main events, similar with Alex, Alex Zane and Lance Archer. The crowds are loving them. It's got to the point where everyone is really showcasing how good they are. Like Shota and Narita are working together perfectly. Kiyomiya and Oiwa, just like, because the because everyone discusses online. In the past, it was very rare to see Young Lions on excursion in New Japan until they returned. It was basically like you would see them on their final match and then when they come back, it's like a huge pop. They've obviously tried, they tried something new with Fujita having him in a faction on excursion. They've had something different with Oiwa going to Noah, which is something no one would have expected. And the fact they brought them here, some people are like, well, it takes away from it. It doesn't because it shows you the progress, It especially for the Japanese fans, allows them to feel more in the journey with them and similarly with junior tag league while you'd expect oiwa to get pinned all the time he's not the team are picking up wins over some big guys and that's the main running theme of this tag league is that there is no predictability like you said earlier sp3 like um tmdk might be shining but they'll probably maybe lose the rest of the matches while they see him on a hot streak it is a tag league that could go any way because I guess there aren't any real top, top, top stars. Do you know what I mean? Like the top level ones. Yeah, definitely. I, I see that. And like the, the there are like favorites that, that stand out from the field. But I really like the field that they announced for the World Tag League because, you know, Geats of Agony getting the opportunity from AEW. I was like, yeah, that seems like a good a good choice. That's kind of what we were talking about earlier of guys that are kind of young they could use the experience and exactly it, it they help. need it more than some of the established teams in aw because yes they're not picking up wins but the crowds are really get like born like really getting invested with them especially when they're teaming with the hontai with the young lions and while it might seem like just losses in the long run if new japan sees that these two are getting pretty decent reactions they'll keep asking them back and they'll bring over Nana too, and we get the Nana Swerve Dance in a new Japan, in a new Japan. I can't lie. That would go off in front of that Japanese crowd. Put Taguchi, get Taguchi in with it, you know. Mm. Oh man, Taguchi and Yano, Yano going. <laughs> <laughs> 
That would be great. Um, yes, uh, Gates of Agony. I thought that was a good choice. Uh, Shooter and Narita. I really like them as a tag team. Uh, like I said, I got to watch the first night when they went against United Empire. Did you watch that interview? No, no, I didn't watch. I, I know that their interview, they, <laughs> they had the side-by-side shot that it was basically that their version of the John Moxley, Eddie Kingston promo from but back in the But they're basically married. That's, that's the entirety of it. And Narita was like, oh, I think I'm Shota's dream, man. Oh, I think we should just get married. Are we a married couple? I was like, this this is really taking the <laughs> the enemies to lovers trope very seriously. Go and watch it because it's got subtitles. It's on the New Japan YouTube channel. Really good right. watching. Yeah, I think they were a sublime choice. I think that they are one of the favorites as well as uh, Bullet Club War Dogs. I think those hey. two teams feel like they're favorites to win phenomenal i i hate to say this i'm gonna and i think we've brought it up coglin has not yet reached the level with tag teams it's all about like bouncing off each other and yeah Mm -hmm. gabe is phenomenal but i i don't think that coglin is adding anything to the team is that bad to say do you think he's because he's too stoic i think gabe has just like this like rabid, just chaotic energy to him. And Coughlin has that, like, you know, he's got a potty mouth on him too. But it just... I'm not saying he needs to be gay, but it's like... It feels false when he is yes. coming out with, like, the... like Because Gabe is... He's British. It's just like... It just comes out. He's the gay yeah. he does it. But when Coughlin does it, he's it's like he's trying to mimic Yeah. Game. He just well, needs he to be. He more. just. He just needs to be stoic. Like, just be the powerhouse of the team. You don't have to match it. Match Gabe's energy. It's if the you're eyes, different. the eyes don't. You don't need to have your eyes protruded. Don't make a difference in the match. Hey, that makes him look like a psycho. He's a psycho. It's I just like, think he would. He would benefit from just not speaking. Do you know, being that kind of person who's just exactly. Like, he's there. That, 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 that's right. Like he. He's just the silent assassin that really just beats the hell out of people like he added games like the mouthpiece yeah i, I feel like because i do have a lot i have a lot of stocks of coglin i like coglin i feel just looks wise i think he's he, he's the guy and i think as a wrestler he's really good he just needs to put it together character wise but i think once he does that coglin i see coglin being a, like a, a a real contender man he, i think really, that's the problem yeah. he has everything but when you put him next to gabe who is already a fully flourished wrestler and obviously been wrestling for years, he kind of looks less polished, which is like a good thing for Gabe, but a bad thing for Coughlin. Any other thoughts on the World Tag League, Sonal? Uh, the, the one team that I genuinely don't think should be in it, because even even Suzuki and Nagata, they're not picking up any wins, but I'm, I'm really enjoying them. Fale and jo- Jack Bonza. I, yeah, that was like the most confusing choice because I was like, Bullet Club Rogue Army? I was like, the last thing the Bullet Club needed Is it was another, another offshoot of the Bullet Club. And now we're calling it Rogue Army with someone I've never seen before in my life. Jack like, I guess I guess the only thing is that it's the team that always gets the pin. Like, the one who always loses. But I just think, you know, like, they could have done something better. Like, I don't know who they'd have done it with because obviously you've got guys on excursion. But obviously, yeah. remember when... They had Young Lion team, so they had Shota and oh, he's from Two AW. I, I honestly feel like this would like have a been, Young Lion team could have worked. 
the nah, this would have been bullet. This would have been Fale and uh, Chase Owens, but I think Chase Owens is gonna make the tour probably. That's the only reason that he that you would just put in Fale and one of his young boys mm-hmm. is if it was supposed to be Chase and. The last minute, Chase had to had to bounce out, so they put in Jack. Uh, that, yeah, that would make sense actually. Yeah, because I thought because I was like, Fale is normally always like in a tag league at some point, but the Jack Bonds, I was like, I don't, I don't know who he is. <laughs> but confused. It's a, choice. it's a choice. But yes, we will talk more about World Tag League on the next episode of Ace Techers, where we'll talk about the final and our final thoughts on everything. But I wanted to cap off with some year-end awards talk, and we'll talk about different Mm. topics. We'll talk about that throughout the next two podcasts as well, but we'll end it off with talk about that on this one. But before we do that, you know what time it is. It's time to put in those plugs. Sanal, let the people know where they can follow you on social media, what you got going on on your YouTube channel, and everything else. As always, you can find me at wrestling underscore chat on Twitter. But the main thing, we are coming up to Wrestle Kingdom. So make sure to follow and subscribe to Sonal's Life on YouTube because I will be looking at the World Tag League final. I will be doing my own year roundup of New Japan. And then obviously, you've got Wrestle Kingdom preview, Wrestle Kingdom review, probably a New Year's Dash review, depending on what happens. So if you might have a time where you're like, I'm a bit busy, I can't really catch up, just subscribe to my channel because I am there. I will guide you through like a, I will hold your hand through to January 4th. NK, let the people know where they can follow you on social media, what you got going on on arrest things and everywhere else. Yes, yes. Um, you can find me on social media at NK Preach. Um, it. it I've been I've been down on AEW right now, so you're gonna find a lot of doom posting about AEW right now. My Twitter, I'm sorry, it just is what it is. But on the New Japan front, I am most likely going to be doing a Wrestle Kingdom live stream. You know what I'm saying? So you know, Wrestle Kingdom starts early in the morning, so you know it, it, it'll it'll be a good show. So I'm most likely gonna do a Wrestle Kingdom live stream with some of the mandem. So yeah, my be on the lookout for that. And we've got um a few end of the year shows. We got tier rankings. Which, you know, if you're a New Japan fan, you definitely want to tune into that because, you know, tier rankings are not under my control. I have to vote with other people. So if your favorite New Japan wrestler doesn't get wrestler of the year, don't attack NK. It's don't attack NK. me. I fought my quarter. But uh, yeah, man, tune into the lovely content we have at Restings. Yes, saying you can follow me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. You can follow. The YouTube channel, True Hill Heat, at True Hill Heat. That is T-R-U-H-E-E-L-H-E-A-T. That is where you can find the YouTube channel as well. Go over and subscribe over there where we got plenty of New Japan Pro Wrestling content. Me and Jay News did a preview for World Tag League. We'll be back with a review of World Tag League. Sanal's joining us on our New Japan coverage over there. So she'll be with us for our Wrestle Kingdom preview and everything else. And we also got a bunch of list videos dropping in December, including the best New Japan Pro Wrestling matches of 2023. But here on Ace Tuckers, we won't be talking about that just yet. We'll be saving that. For our December shows, if one or two, however we're going to do that next month. But for now, we got a couple of other topics to get to. And since we're in the World Tag League feel of things, 
I thought that we start our year-end award talk with some tag team of the year talk because this has been a weird year for tag teams in New Japan for wrestling. Some tag teams were really good at the beginning of the year. Some tag teams have been good at the last half of the year between the two tournaments, whether it be Super Junior Tag League, World Tag League. Some people were good in the middle. In tag team wrestling in general, I don't think anyone has had the strongest year of tag teams. There's been some tag teams that have been low-key consistent, but no like mainstream tag teams, even from New Japan, that I can say have had a great overall year. Mm-hmm. But if you had to give your top three New Japan tag teams of 2023, who would it be? And just to help y'all out, I will start with mine because I thought about it. I was going to say, I was going to say, before before you go for this. think about this. You're welcome. You're welcome, guys. I'm very helpful. You're welcome. <laughs> um, my top three, I will say my honorable mention is Aussie Open. Because yeah. I thought, like, through April, through April, I thought that they had it. I was like, oh, they're tag team of the year. It's over. Four months in. It's over. But they, they you know, signed with AEW. Injuries throughout the year. That stopped the, their year from being stronger than it was. So my top three is as follows. Number three, Bullet Club War Dogs. Uh, I'm just... I'm not gonna distinguish. I'm not gonna distinguish. I'm not. I'm not distinguishing. That's cheating. Who it is? That is cheating. That's cheating. All right, I'll go. I'm gonna go with Cloners and Maloney because they got the accomplishment to be in that. So they IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. They had great matches with like Yo and Rocky for the titles. Had a great match with Catch Two Two to win the titles. Great matches throughout the Super Junior Tag League. And now they're gonna they're gonna probably tear it up at Wrestle Kingdom. So they're number three for me. Number two for me. It's hard. It it's a toss up for me for one and two for this year. But I will go with number two, Bishamon. I think that they had a very strong first half of the year, whether it was their matches with like Tanahashi and Okada or with Aussie Open. Even they had a good matchup with House of Torture. That they were really which is good. Which is really, impossible. really good this first half of the year, but they kind of slowed down towards the second half of the year. I guess so that's why Rocky Goto got injured, didn't he? So that's like yeah. one of the big things. So that's why they're number two, but number one for me, catch two, two IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champions twice this year and winning the super junior tag league, multiple great matches. Like I said, bullet, bullet club war dogs, uh, uh, the, Interlactic Jet Setters, Leo and Yo, uh, the the great match they had with just five guys at New Beginning. So, like, they tore it up throughout the year. So, Cash 2-2 is number one. We'll go to Sanal. What's your top three? You know, when it comes to my rankings, it's always, it's always about the heart. So, if you're going to go and don't get it, it doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. Number three, Despiwato. Yes, I know. It was a one-off thing. But this story dates back to last <laughs> year. <laughs> this dates back to Road to Wrestle Kingdom. They 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 hated each other. They couldn't even team together. Then we saw them. We saw them throughout Super Junior Tag League grow. You know, he was pushing away the t-shirts. Wato just wanted the attention. And he got it. Yeah, they didn't win. Yes, they're not going to be at Wrestle Kingdom. However, their ranking is how much I enjoyed them as a team because they literally got together and produced some of the best matches in that entire, like, tag league. So, yeah, Despiwato. Number two, Bishamon. I think 
Bisharman have been consistent for the past few years. Uh, like I said earlier, injury with Goto has not been the best, but they have consistently put on amazing matches with whoever. And like SP3, hate to be a cliche, number one is Catch 2 Without a doubt, they helped bring the Super Junior tag like division back into where it needs to be. For years, it was the afterthought. It was on the similar level to like um, the Never titles, especially after like Despy and Kanemaru after they lost it. Like that was like years ago, but they were like the last, I think, proper established team. They work really well together. The contrast of the veteran TJP and the new guy Akira just works perfectly and I'm excited for their Wrestle Kingdom match against um War Dogs so yeah that's my ranking good stuff I like your ranking NK honorable mention it only happened once but we had the Omega powers we had Okada and Omega <laughs> we had the Omega listen that right there as somebody you know who got into New Japan I wasn't primarily because of that feud that that's the honorable mention it only happened once but i had to bring it up i feel you um number three we have bishibod bishibod obviously i like bishibod are a great tag team i don't put like if it's personally they're not my favorite tag team but just their level of consistency when it comes to matches is ridiculous and their team where it's like when the like especially the heavyweight tag team features been in flux you put the titles on Bishimon and they steady the ship. They yeah. absolutely steady the ship. Number two, we got listen, Bullet Club Bulldogs, specifically Thriller Maloney and Clark Hodders. Those two, man. Those two. They've brought that. I think Bullet Club Bulldogs as a whole has brought back that feeling when it came to New Japan. When it came to Bullet Club, because boy, Bullet Club was in crisis. Bullet Club was in crisis. And now, you know. Bullet Club or Board Dogs have definitely uh one sec. And <laughs> <laughs> NK had to slip off for just a moment he, in, the middle of yeah, he, he, in the middle of his red, he had to slip off a moment there, yeah. but I uh, will we'll let him come back and uh finish off. We back we there back. he is. Back. We back. Sorry guys, I live in the house with passionate people, so it's fine. But um yeah. Um, so Bullet Club Bulldogs at number two, and obviously Catch 22. Listen, I said this alone. They made me enjoy a House of Torture match. I was enjoying a House of Torture match. Then, you know, interference happened and it got ruined. But hey, for that alone, and obviously, um, as you guys have previously stated, uh, multiple time um, Adam GP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Tag Team Champions. And then just Francesco Akira. Francesco Akira was somebody. I remember the first time I ever watched him was uh, Rev Pro High Stakes against Gabe Kidd. That's the first time I'd seen him live. I was like, this, this guy's amazing. And just seeing him folded into United Empire um, has been tremendous to see, man. And it's like, you know, and, and you know what? Even a uh, quick shout out to United Empire. I, I like the fact that there's another Gaijin. Um, based faction that isn't mm. Bullet Club that don't operate at Bullet Club that feel different to Bullet Club because it felt like the only way you could get over as a guy in New Japan is if you join Bullet Club and then defect mm-hmm. and then do your own thing but it's like the fact that it's obviously Will's the main guy but the fact that you've got guys like Jeff Cobb Francesco Akira uh, TJP like do you know what I'm saying like you've got 
a variety of different guys just doing their own thing. And even TMDK are another faction as well that, you know, they're guys in, they're mo- they mostly have guys in, but like um, they're doing their own thing and separating themselves from like the bullet clubs is amazing to see. But yeah, Catch-22 as a, as, as a tag team, man, it's, it's been it's been great to see, man. I'm, I, have, I have high hopes for them, man. So just to save us with, uh, and both of y'all did great with the top threes there. So that's why I came up with something different for our second one to close us off something different. So we could send some of the major, save some of the major awards for our future episodes, top five title reigns of 2023, because new Japan pro wrestling has a lot of titles between just new Japan Pro wrestling uh, in general, you have the IWGP heavy World Heavyweight Championship. You have the IWGP United States Championship, the IWGP United Kingdom Championship. Yeah, they're two different belts, even though they're recognized as one. Two different belts we've seen this year. Uh, the Never Open Weight Championship, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, the IWGP Tag Team Championship, wow, the Never Open Weight Six Man Tag Team. NJPW uh, World, uh, NJPW Strong Openweight Championship, NJPW World Television Championship, NJPW Strong Openweight Tag Team Championships, NJPW Strong Women's Championship, IWGP Women's Championship. That is 13 titles. So what was your top five? And of course, once again, I'm going to help y'all out. I'll start things off. So number five for me, is the reason why they were number one on my list before catch two twos first reign with the IWGP junior heavyweight tag team championships from earlier this year, just in this year, they had that great match. Like I said before with Leo and yo at wrestle kingdom, the just five guys match at new beginning their matches with uh, the jet setters, as well as with bullet club war dogs to end that reign. So like they were great as IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champions. So they're number five for me. Number four for me is literally the reason I made this a top five, a top five instead of a top three because I had to mention them. Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi as never overweight six man tag team champions because this has been a revelation that no one saw coming with classic matches against Blackpool Combat Club, strong style. Uh, it doesn't matter who was across the ring from them. They just delivered bangers, TMDK, Team Impact. It did not matter. Great champions. Number three, Will Ospreay, IWGP, United Kingdom, United States champion. Uh, the, the classics with, 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 with Kenny Omega. I don't need to say anything else. Uh, number two, because he's had an underrated year, and our boy Karrion mentioned it in a tweet. Hiromu Takahashi, junior heavyweight champion. No People need to put more respect on this man's name. Every time he's in the main event spot, he draws. He's had great matches with Robbie Eagles, with Speedball Mike Bailey, with Leo Rush. Multi-man matches, tag team matches. Hiromu Takahashi finally got an extended run with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship for the first time, even though this is fifth reign. This is the first time he got extended reign, and y'all need to put more respect on his name. I'm sick of Hiromu slander, you sons of bitches. And number one, Zack Sabre Jr., world television champion. I don't need to say anything else. I'll save it for y'all because I'm sure he's on y'all list as well. NK. Come back to me. I need to figure out the, the, my final spot. Okay. Sanal, 
Okay, I had to write this down. So fifth place is Okada Ishii and Tanahashi. The low ranking is just because it's the never title and the never title thing. But yeah, the probably the most consistent, the strongest reign ever for that title. Obviously, the fact you've got a guy like Okada holding it, massive, like phenomenal. Number four, catch two two. Just as singles wrestlers as a like, I never thought they'd work as a team. But because they're just so different, but it just works perfectly. They've put on some amazing matches. They've created stories. They've created a connection with the crowd. Something as simple as when Akira's like, take the pictures. It's just, it's really good. Like it transcends the language barriers and stuff. Number three, Hiromu Takahashi. His junior reign. You know what? He's been plagued with bad luck on his title reigns in the past. But this one has been great. There's been some really good feuds from me the best of super junior was great like solid number two is will osprey for the united states just because i've seen osprey do more defenses live than Hiro like it was a toss-up between hiromu and osprey yeah. but just yeah osprey has done phenomenal things with that title earlier so my test for number one is the prime and the only prime minister of the uk the only man that can lead us out of trouble it is mr zack saber jr they created this new Japan world title and we thought, shit, it is another king of pro wrestling title that really we don't know what's going to happen. He is the most winningest champion. He is the longest reigning champion. Zack Sabre Jr. is the champion of New Japan in 2023. NK, you ready, ready now? My number five is something no one has mentioned. The IWGP Women's Strong Champion, Julia. I think the reason and the reason why I put her on the list because she has obviously like her match with Willow Knight, her match with Willow Knight goes great. She's had five, I think she's had about five defenses, and it's been more defended than the actual IWGP women's championship overall. Which, overall, which we are going to get to at some point because we have to talk about that title. Yes, we do. We yeah. do have to talk about well, next next episode. We will talk about the top five Gato blunders of oh, 2023. Wow. And I that's just that's the that. teaser. That's the cliffhanger for our listeners. And obviously, you know, you could have put Hiromu there. You could have put I could have put Hiromu at five, but I said, you know what? I'm gonna give some love to Julia because you know that's that's a strong title at the end of the day, and she's brought like a level. And I feel like overall the title's been booked pretty decently. Um, so yeah, big up to Julia. Um, at number four, I, I mean, my, these are my personal favorites, but I have to have some bit of objectivity here. The never open weight trio champions in Okada, Tanahashi, Ishii. I have never, in until 2023, never have I said, Yo, that trio, that never open weight trios match. I'm telling you, I have never in my life recommended like wholeheartedly. Recommended you guys have to watch this never overweight trios match. Never Mult multiple times we've said I've that, said that three at least three to four times this year alone. Yes, it is a testament to the star power, but Okada is not a tag team wrestler. None of these men are tag team wrestlers, but they've made it work. So listen, more props to them. Listen, yeah, man. The trios title at number four, and then we got number three. We got the IWGP tag team titles in Catch 22. Listen, like we said, we, we gave the we gave them the flowers early on, man. These men have been amazing as junior 
um, heavyweight um, champions. Um, just a joy to see, man. And then number two, Will, Will Ospreay. Listen, William, 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 William. What a guy. I mean, we spoke about the Kenny Omega matches. But then you add the Shoulder match. You add the Zack Sabre Jr. match. You add the... um. You had the, uh, oh my God, how am I forgetting his name? Yota Tsuji match. This guy, it's a, I'm, just, I'm just talking about his title defences because if you get into the overall resume, it gets it gets just ridiculous. It gets like otherworldly. You know what I'm saying? Neil deGrasse Tyson level of astrophysics where it just gets to like wrestler degeneration conversations. But we're not, we're not there yet. We're talking about US title. This is, everyone... Is this the best US title reign we've seen? I think there's only yes. two contenders, him and Kenny. Yeah. And I, I think this beats I think this I beats, think this beats Kenny. Kenny. Yeah, it does. By like does. leaps and bounds. I think it this does. beats Kenny. So for me, it's like, yeah, Will Ospreay at number two. And number one, the king of technical wrestling. The man with a thousand transitions and a thousand submissions. Mr. Zack Sabre Jr., what he's done with this TV title. I was not a fan of the title to begin with. I didn't like the belt. I didn't like nothing about the. the I, I said, why are we giving Zack Sabre Jr. this consolation prize? And he's turned that thing into an absolute... Like, I'm, I'm scared for when he loses that title because the bar has been set so high yeah. that whoever comes mm -hmm. next... They don't need to reach it, but they need to maintain a level of consistency that is honestly so difficult to do. And one thing I love about the title is that it adds a different level of drama to the matches with the time limit. And I'm loving like these literally millisecond finishes where he just wins right before the end of the match. They are... Uh, just that that title is perfect for Zach. Just how he wrestles, how he can get someone in a random submission, how, how he can get someone in a random pinning predicament. That title is perfect. And I feel like this title reign is number one by leaps and bounds. Nothing comes close, in my opinion. Yeah. And if you ask me, if you in wrestling in general, yes, Zach would be in that running for the best title reign of 2023 in all of wrestling. But I like that we pretty much had the same top five, except uh, NK is a Hiromu slanderer. Um, he's, he's, he's slandering. I'm sorry. Hiromu. Slander. I'm sorry. Slander. Put some respect Slander. on January 4th. Master Wado at Dominion, Robbie Eagles at Sakura Genesis, Yo at New Beginning, Yelio Rocks at the New Japan Cup Final, Sweet Bob at What are we doing? Despi, do doing? the right thing. January 4th, we, we in Despi, we trust. In Despi, I mean, we trust. Know, we'll in talk Despi about this in predictions. Trust. I want Despi to win, but it's not going to happen with his bloody Jushin Thunder Liger uh, record, in it. I know. But Despi, man. Please, please. Now, I here's my thing. If Despi doesn't win, and I don't think he will, Ma Master Wato will be the one to dethrone yeah. Hiromu. Master and we need Wato, that to happen. Master Wato is the junior Koto Obushi. He's gonna he won the two best of super juniors, then lost the championship match. Now he's gonna win it a second time and then finally be Hiromu. There so no go. one's not gonna like this. But Tony Khan said Darby said Darby 
send Derby, they can do that, but he's not going to win, is he? That's that's like not going to happen. So, be realistic here, NK. Do you know it is? I love Hiromu. I just think, like, when I think of like that iconic Hiromu title win, I just don't think I've gotten that yet. That's my only thing. I think it's been a this good is it. I mean, he's not been injured. Um, he hasn't been injured. He didn't get that, injured. That should get a, that should get an award on itself. We 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 will. The junior the junior title has seen many 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 epic reigns. Yeah, this is one of them. Yeah. Don't be don't be disrespectful. Disrespectful. No, you know NK, NK is waiting for the the Master Wato reign. Yes. This is like yes. Master Wato, listen, I've been converted. And, 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 welcome, and, and, welcome to the Team Blue. Welcome yes. to Team Blue. Listen, me and Sonal are the main, you know, proponents of Wattoism. We believe in Wato and you should too. Join we us on the way Wato. to the Grandmaster. Join us on the way to the Grandmaster. We believe in Watto, and you should too. That That is how you close this episode of Ace Techers. We'll be back with the top five Gato blunders of 2023 on our next episode. For Sanal, for NK, I'm SP3. This has been Ace Techers. 